Hello and welcome to today's show, The Breakthrough Podcast. I am your host, Reba Bell. What's up, Reba? How's it right, going? Thank you, you, guys. Thank you, guys. Of course, this my girl. So we all going in. You know, y'all know y'all joined the Breakthrough Podcast. So this my girl, Cindy Stanford. And one thing I like about podcasts, what I was telling Cindy earlier, is that we could just be ourselves. It's just like so warming. You know, it's just like okay. we got wigs around if we yes. want to. <laughs> I know that's right. So pretty much this is Cindy Stanford. Of course, I got to introduce her. This is episode five, guys. And you know that our word of the year is elevation. We're trying to go to another level in God. So that's the word of the year. Keep that in mind. And we're just going to jump right in. How you doing, girl? I'm good. How you doing? How you doing? I'm going to stay out of trouble. And um, the more and more I meet people like you, the more and more I'm reminded of why we all should be doing this work, why we all should be having these conversations. Um, I think it's, I actually have our anniversary date on the calendar. So whenever the year comes around and we've known each other for a year, you're going to get something for me. So I put, whenever I first talked to you, the very first time I talked to you, I put it on the calendar. So all that to say, um, um, it's, it's a blessing to meet people like you who are having the conversation. I think when we first met, you were talking about uh, your journey through recovering from uh, domestic violence, being exactly. in an abusive relationship. And then when I got your book, you, what, what I thought your book was going to be about ended up being more of a surprise because you started talking about realizing that maybe you were being verbally abused when you were a child and you didn't even know it right yeah, and then it started exactly. to make sense like why you dated the way you dated yeah and then when we met we started talking about aces and I was like you know domestic violence is one of the aces that they say if we grow up around that before we turn 18 it's gonna do something different to the way we think and act as adults and then we just took it down here from there I think I think it just kind of like evolved and yeah anyhow so all that to I say love it. I love it because yeah. honestly um when I met you I was like it was like a godsend honestly because it was just like she is what I need it was so much prayer that I did that I was like I need someone that connects with me and understands what I'm trying to do and you know this goal of what we both trying to do on a mission to help other people lives change it's like when I met you, I was like, oh, it was like a godsend. It really was. I can't explain anything else. Like, God was just up there like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> you know, so, and I know we met on Miss um, Love show. I got to shout yep. her out on the podcast. Yep. But Shout out to Miss Love. Coach yes. Love Connections. Yes. I told Coach Love she is six of six right now. Everybody she has introduced me to, I have gotten close with. So she is six of six right now. <laughs> With all the people she's introduced me to. We got to have her on the show too. Yeah, yeah. She That's deserves it. it. She's it. Yep. Coach Love Connection. She knows exactly how to connect people who are working on not just our businesses, but ourselves. And I think I saw that in you where I finally felt comfortable telling somebody, I ain't got it all figured out, but I'm working on it, right? And and I think what what is what is happening with the work of Aces Matter is that I'm creating something that I wish I had. And I kind of saw that in you too, right? Like um, being in a domestic 
relationship, being in a relationship where the partner is violent, I grew up around that. And so I immediately resonated with what you were going through at the time and just knowing like, hey, even if I ain't got it all figured out, like I know I'm not going backwards. And it was so good to meet somebody that was willing to admit that, hey, we ain't got it all figured out. But what are we waiting on? Like Trump said, what we got to lose? Hey, it's just like what my mother was saying. She said, you may not, she said something to me a couple of weeks ago. You may have not grew up around domestic violence. And she's like, and I know a lot of people don't know. I haven't talked about my mom in the podcast yet, but we'll get to it. But a lot of people don't know me and my mother didn't have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. And so my mom now getting to the point of having a relationship with her, actually having a relationship with her. Um, because she knows the work that I'm trying to do and the healing and I'm in therapy and things like that. Um, she was like, you know, you may not have grew up around domestic violence in the household, but she said, it's a part of your generation. Your grandmother went through it and I went through it. Mm-hmm. And she said, so when she started telling me all the stories about my stepfather, well, my father, not my stepfather, but my father that actually raised me, you found out in the book that I got two different dads, but um, my father actually raised me she was like you always bragging about him but he did the same thing to me and I had to tell her but I didn't see that you get what I'm saying I didn't see that I didn't you know I'd seen him as who he was my dad I didn't see that part and another thing she talked about is about she once she got older maybe I was too young to remember but she did have guys she was admitted that she did have guys living with us and the other my brother and sister fathers that mm-hmm. abused her too and she was like you may not remember because you was too young so about time we actually moved from the city from the suburbs to the city pretty much it was just like she she stopped doing that part mm-hmm. okay so she stopped doing that part but then went into okay the you know trauma and the abuse and the verbal abuse and the ignoring and the um, neglect or whatever of what I personally experienced. I said, me, mm-hmm. my brother and sisters got totally different personal experiences with my mom. And a lot of people don't know what well, I talk about it in the book is that she was an alcoholic. So I did see that part. I did see the alcoholic mom, you know, and around the same time that she found the Lord, the same exact year, my dad died. Your biological dad or you're the one that raised you? the one that raised me or whatever so my biological dad didn't even come into my life until 18 he actually met me at 18 on my 18th birthday and came to the house (laughs) and was like oh we made a beautiful daughter i'm like um remember i'm not your daughter and i walked out the door wow but (laughs) that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time it's it's trauma drama all around the world it's enough for everybody to say let me help how can i help and help myself at the same time so you know, yeah. it's well, that's why i wanted you to talk about what your background your aces why we should have aces you know yeah things like that i think whoever um listens to this podcast the first thing i say like everybody deserves to learn about these things called aces why because we all had to go through childhood right? So anybody that is not learning about it, they FOMO, they are missing out. They should have the fear of missing out. So anybody that is not learning about it as an adult, they're really missing out. And here's why I say that. You, you mentioned that you couldn't remember a lot of what your mom said was happening because you didn't see it, right? So your mom clearly did a good job of, 
of protecting y'all from having to witness that. Mm-hmm. But then you also said that whenever she finally got out of that situation, you noticed that her behavior changed, like with maybe with the alcohol or just like it was, she was probably having a hard time. Just, I can only imagine she was probably okay. just having a hard time. And then you mentioned something about like your sister and brother may, may have experienced that portion of their life differently. Something that's important for people to know that are wanting to know, like, how do I break generational curses or mm-hmm. generational links? or generational chains, whatever you want to call it, I think people need to hear that, A, everybody should know about this, especially if you're around kids. Everybody should know about it. But even if you're not around kids, let's say you're, you're out of your childhood and you've gone on and maybe you're single and you ain't got no kids. You should know about this because it's going to dictate how you react in every relationship hereafter. Okay. And I say that because the way trauma impacts our body as children varies, right? Mm-hmm. The way you experienced and what you remember might be different from what your brother and your sister remembered. You want to know why? Because y'all's DNA is different. Y'all come from the same DNA, but no two DNAs are ever the same. Even twins have some DNA that doesn't all the way match up, right? So because trauma impacts our DNA, if you will, or our bodies differently, all of us are going to respond to it differently. So what might have hurt your feelings as a child may may to your brother be like oh that didn't bother me at all right so I think that's something that people have to understand because we 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 think that some people just need to toughen up or get over it if you will it's not the way the body works that is you you can't install the same programs on a Mac computer that you can a PC computer you got to find some compatibility for those programs to work on because they have different operating systems that's the same way our bodies work we have different operating systems and um, and the last thing I'm going to share, like for people that listen to this and if they try to find places in your story that resonates with theirs is that the adult in the home will dictate the temperature of the kids. And yes. I'm not talking about their fever, right? I'm not, I'm not, that's not the type of temperature I'm talking about. If an adult is in the home and that adult is responsible for caregiving for the children. And I'm saying adult because it, 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 it's not always the parents who sometimes we got a lot of grandparents raising these kids, right? The adults, the way the adult responds to stress or not becomes the way kids learn how to respond to stress or not when they grow up. So in your mom's situation, I don't know her, I don't obviously know her, but I can tell you just based on generic research that talks about women who've been in domestic violence relationships and what their life is like afterwards, is typically we end up getting involved with substances, whether it's alcohol or drugs, because we can't stand to be alone with ourselves and alone with our thoughts. And guess what that alcohol is going to do? We know Erica, the one girl who Erica um, had on her show, um, um, narcissist, Shannon, Shannon, Shannon likes to talk about spirits a lot. Alcohol is a spirit. It is. You, ever noticed, it. you ever know this? Most of the stories. Exactly. Right? When I was in culinary school, we learned that as a spirit. We it is a spirit, it. right? And, and for our people who, whether you into scripture or not, or whether you into whatever, right? 
spirits are real. And so what alcohol helps us do is it gives us a different spirit or body to take on so that I don't have to think about that person that's not under the influence because that person that's not under the influence is hurt from that relationship with that man who was beating me up that I love and they got my kids or whatever. And so when we know that thing, that, that, well, men be taking us there, right? Men, men can take us places where we didn't even realize we could be. And that's a lot to try to get over. So hand me a spirit so I can get my mind off of this. So I, um, the, all that to say is that for your mom to bring that to, for your mom to share with you that this is not the first time that it goes deeper than her, her mom or her grandma, it goes deep. We have to, we have to figure out like, how is this happening? And why is it that people are so afraid to talk about it? Because yeah. if you don't talk about it, guess what your daughter's probably going to do? She's going to experience it. She's going to experience it. Our son is going to experience it. Yeah. And I like that you said that only because we don't think about what we're doing to our children at the time that we're doing things because we think that relationships, friendships, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, my son told me some things about a young lady, one of his friends that I'm just like, oh, okay. And it made me want to reach out to the young lady and just hold her you know, and like, oh, I need to hold you tight. And I need, somebody needs to talk to you. Somebody needs to talk to you, you know, and if I got to be that person, but we don't have a lot of people that want to do that. We don't have a lot of people that want to, that's just their business. Oh, that's their business. They well, they need to quit being lazy. They need to figure uh, uh, out. Exactly. <laughs> and by me knowing the young lady's situation, not to put her business out like that, but by her telling my son something personal like that, it was just like, oh, um, and so me and my son have a very open relationship. So him coming to me, he like, I don't know how to deal with this. You know, um, this is information I've never, my son hasn't encountered a situation like that. Mm -hmm. So on top of me as the parent, got to talk to my son about when that happens, what have to happen on one end. It's me as the parent, but I'm also a mother I'm also a woman and knowing that this has happened to this young lady it's like I just want to take her and grab her and, and bring her with me you know and it's just like uh what do I do what do I do I'm I'm in this 911 it put me in this 911 situation where I feel like I'm the help somebody is telling me and I need to help that's just who I am though you know um so in a lot of times with our parents, our background, our ACEs, our experiences with life, when we tell other people, we're too afraid to tell other people or whatever. I remember having a conversation when I went through what I went through with my son's father at first, I was too scared to tell people. I wasn't telling nobody that I was getting abused and slapped every day, you know, because I was just embarrassed. Like, oh, how could this be happening to me? And at that time, like I said, man, my mother didn't have a really good relationship. So a lot of times I'm just going and I'm crying like I want my body yeah. a lot of times because I couldn't tell my mom that this was happening. We are well, embarrassed. It's embarrassing. It's right? embarrassing. I got to the point, though, in my life currently after that in situations after that i'm like i'm telling everybody i'm going speaking to the mountaintop you get what i'm saying because after you go through something so detrimental like that and mentally and physically and emotionally it does something to you and you got to take all those years to give back this woman that you see today took a lot of years to get back to that point and so if somebody take you back to that point you're like uh-uh mm -mm. 
I fought too hard to not be her. I'm not going back there. And I'm fighting harder to help other people to not go there or to address what's happening to them. Rather, it doesn't matter about them if it's a domestic violence, sexual abuse, mental abuse. I have one lady I'm coaching right now and I love her so much. It's another thing that I'm like, one, one heart of me, half of me is like, coach, coach, step in, coach, step in. And the other half of me, like she has to take this process, Reba, coach Reba, she has to take this process and she has to process it. She has to heal from it. And two, and we, got, we need to remember that. You can't hold her hand to heal from it. Yeah. And it's so yeah. hard being a coach at the same time and being Reba. Yeah. You know, I'm just being vulnerable because it's like, oh, okay, if I was in that situation, this is what I'm about to do. And da, 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 da. But then I have to separate and say, okay, are you coach talking to her or are you Reba talking to her? And remember, no, no two people are going to respond the same. All of our formulas to exactly. get you need to go, it will be different, right? But what you're providing for her right now is compassion. You're letting yeah. her know that even though your shit not together, excuse my French, even though it may not be together where you want it right now, I'm, I'm here for you. But the thing we have to remember too is that we have to take care of ourselves because that is what we call secondary trauma, right? Like we, we end up just like an alcohol spirit will get in our body and we become that thing. Come Other on. people's problems will get in our body and we become that thing. And we can, mm. only see, we can only see the amount of beauty that we put around ourselves. And so in this work that we do, if we're constantly around ugly stuff, stuff that's really bad for our brain to be programming in, but it's real life because we can't ignore it. We have, to, we have to have our boundary too. And like, know that. So how do you, not to cut you off, but how do you separate yourself in situations of hearing the stories? And that's because I'm sure you got family members and friends that go through stuff and you'd be like, oh, that's aces. Because it's sometimes it's so hard for me to separate coach from Reba like, I know that this is the title. This is the thing. This is the, what you're supposed to do. And then there's other times I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to just break down. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to say that this, this formula will work for everybody, but what's working for me right now is I, I used to be the one that always wanted to just solve the problem. You tell me which problem is. Okay, do this. Right. And now at the end of the day, we just got to wait. Right. Because we come up with the solutions. We come up with our own formula, right. but because as traumatized children or people who are used to let used to being let down, we are used to being let down, especially if you had, if you, if you grew up in a home where things were just um, inconsistent or unpredictable, kids need predictability. Yes. So when, if you grow up in a home where you don't know if dinner's going to be at five, nine, 12 or four, you know, in the morning, or if you grow up in an unpredictable environment, we naturally, we na most of us naturally want to gravitate and just help people, just give them the answer. Okay. So what has been helpful for me right now um, is trying not to solve everybody's problems and just be there to listen because we didn't have that growing up. Nobody listened to us growing up. Okay. And so um, I'm, I'm forcing myself at this moment, Reba, not to offer help unless I hear the person say, can you help me? If the person just wants to vent, obviously you have to, you have to create that space to say, you know, I, I really want to help you right now but I'm in the middle of something. Can I call you back or something? Right. Like you, got, you got to have that boundary, but you also want people to know at the end of the day, I'm still here for you. 
But when you do take that call, all you're there to do is just let them verbally vomit. Just listen, just listen. Okay. And ask open-ended questions to help the person figure out their own formula. Because if you tell them what to do and they didn't have any input on that solution, they're probably not going to be as invested in it, right? Okay. And, and, and lastly, we're humans, right? We're not spirits necessarily. We're humans. And so when we see people who have those big ass problems that seem like, oh, I would just do this if I were you, right? Like in our mind, remember I told you at the beginning, like our DNA is different. Computes, Apple computers and PCs don't respond the same, right? Right. So I think in real life, you got Apple people and you got PC people, right? And so you may be dealing with the client that I'm a PC. So you may be dealing with the client that's an <laughs> Apple product, right? And so right. you can't just tell an Apple product to do this when you know that, that that thing only works on PC. So if you're the PC and she's the Apple product, she's going to have to do some updating on her own, right? She's going to have to go into her operating system and do some updating on her own. But sometimes she needs to be guided. And I think as friends and coaches in this work, the best thing we could do is just listen. Okay. The best thing to do is just listen, you know. Um, I, I have to, I honestly could say I have to work on that because like it's horrible. It's horrible. Like I just take it too long. Just I got a call yesterday from her, and I'm just like, <laughs> I, I'm dealing yesterday was um yesterday was a boundary day. My son did some stuff at school, and y'all know I'm vulnerable and transparent on my podcast. So, you know, my life is my life. My son did some stuff at school and he didn't do nothing really bad, but he was just he's a He's a kid. He's a teenager. Okay. And I get an email from the teacher. Like he ain't, he ain't, he talking too much and he ain't keeping his mask on and he got an F. So of course, right. And the new quarter just started. And this is April. Yeah. So of course I'm sitting there like on the fire dragon ball Z about to, I can't wait. So I'm fired up like for him to get ready to get out of school. Girl, yes. You know, I'm fired up. Like wait till I get him. Get out of school. Four o'clock. <laughs> it's, like, it's 12 o'clock. That gave me enough time. I'm stretching and stuff. I started to have to stretch. Because I was just like, yeah. free. Yeah. Free, but, you yeah. know, and so I was talking to my spiritual father about it because I was on the phone with my spiritual father at the time. And my spiritual father like, Reba, he's a child. He's a teenager. You know, he's such a good kid. So he tried to, he's regulating my mind to remember he's a good kid. He gonna do stuff, but he's a good kid. Talk to him. I'm, I'm getting him. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what I'm telling him. I'm getting him. No, he don't want the talking parent. He don't want the talking parent. He want the, the Susan parent. I'm seeing this to him on the phone. So he gets quiet. So he like, daughter, I don't know what you want me to say. So I'm like, <laughs> he like, I can't tell you how to parent. I just, okay, I'm just gonna listen. But I knew one part of him was like, I really don't want him to be hugging on my grandson like this. I know he's such, because my he always tell me how my son is just a, such a good, he is a real memorable kid. He really is. And so I was like, he knows better than this. I'm just, of course, the parent going off. I picked this boy up from school. And I say to him in the car, I was like, you in trouble. Da, 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 we drive home. We only like five minutes from my house from his school. And the client calls at this moment. I had to 
readjust my attitude and was like, I got to call you back. And at that time, she's hysterically crying. Okay. I'm like, oh, no. So I can't call it. Oh, no. So, of course, I had to, mind you, readjust. But honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. About the time I got in the house, he went upstairs with his daughter, his my, my his sister, and made me more calmer. It's like God, God did that. Mm. Like, mm. <laughs> it was like you are not about to be that parent. You 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 get what I'm saying? So it had to. It okay. was like a checkmate for me. Okay, let me let me interrupt you. What you just described right there should be a reminder that it is not always our responsibility right? God just showed you. Maybe you forget who I am, right? All of these experiences are for you to figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. This is not about your client. This is not about your son. This is about how are you going to react in this moment of stress? And I'm going to go back to what I was saying at the beginning. The parent will dictate the caregiver, whoever's in the house, how you manage your stress yes. will become the template for how your children will manage their stress. Exactly. When I say template, you, you those babies, when you got them, Reba, when they came out there for JJ or your stomach or wherever they came out of, right? Right. It was blank, right? This is the template. So however mom responds to things that piss her off will dictate how me as a child will respond when something stresses me. So the template starts off blank as it can be. Mm. Now, the way you were feeling was like that by the time you went to pick him up, right? And then you got that call that intervened. So again, I would say for whoever listens to this, it's if you don't want to compromise the template that is being built or the apps that are being installed, people yeah. are always on our phones so i think people can relate to that if 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 the adults is compromised if the way the adult handles stress is compromised you can best believe those kids see and hear everything we do just like we did we might forget some like we get older we in our 40 40 40 whatever right now right so some of it's going to go away but the most memorable things are going to stick and and i can tell you as a mom of a 21 year old right now I wish I could go back and undo some things that I programmed into her mm. on accident. Mm. I never realized how much she was paying attention to how I led my school, yes. school principal. I never realized that when I was in the background talking about teachers that were getting on my nerves, how she was internalizing my relationships with adults, right? Okay. I never realized that you know, when I would spend hours trying to fire off an email because I'm pissed off at somebody at work, and how I, I I felt good about calling somebody out over an email because I'm in charge and I, I felt good about getting what was on my mind out. Yeah. I didn't realize I was programming her to respond to upset the same way that I did. Okay. And so now she is going to have to unlearn some of those ways because it's stressful. At the end of the day, when we get mad and when we're stressed and when we're not able to calm our own last nerve, if you will, we are poisoning the inside of our bodies and the more poison that goes on the inside. And I'm literally, when I'm like, I'm, I'm not being facetious, like stress poisons our body because it's two chemicals that it creates. Yeah. 
And when those two chemicals are created, your brain don't work the same. Yep. Body start aching, you yep. worried, headaches, backaches, all of those are associated with stress. So I think um, for our kids, for you to have that moment where God intervened with that phone call, right? And it was like, you know, okay, I'm mad at my baby because, you know, he did X, Y, Z. And I know I've raised him better than that. At the end of the day, they're going to make mistakes, right? Yeah. And then I think for us, we just get to model. It don't mean we being weak parents or like, you know, parents with no boundaries. Like there's going to be a natural consequence for how you behave at school. But first, let me find out what happened to you. Because you don't normally do that at school. If I get in the right. car and I immediately go off on you, and I don't right. even know the whole story. I'm that, that teacher could have been having a bad day, and maybe right. the kid just pissed her off. But kids, kids, kids then learn that they can't trust us because we're just going to take the 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 words could be from a teacher who might have our own trauma. Mm. Realize it, right? So we always have to like make sure we're hearing our kids' side of the story and that we're not distracted, like because they're gonna pick up on that too. Mommy, you was texting while I was trying to tell you what happened. Mommy, you wasn't even listening when I was talking to you. You know, so it's not, it's a lot, right? Like, we know, how, we know it's definitely, to, it's definitely a, a reality hit for me because yes, when I did come back in the house, I was calmer to talk to him, you know, and, you know, try to hear what, I don't know when he didn't have a lot of answers or whatever, but I did tell him, email the teacher and trying to have him figure out solutions on what he has to do and you know and tell him well maybe you he's like i don't understand the quarter just started because it literally did the quarter just started a week ago and so i was trying to explain to him that what she probably meant is that by you having an f is that you didn't do that one assignment because it says you have a missing assignment so you start off the quarter with an a but then if you miss the assignment and you don't have an assignment and she felt like okay i had it up to here and i know your mother don't take no mess and she's talking you're steady talking she keep on telling you to keep your mask up of course she felt like the other thing was to okay come on i gotta talk to your mom now you know what I'm saying so she wanted to i said what i took it as she missed everything he was doing <laughs> you know at so that moment that, that tells you right there that teacher was having a bad day i i don't i don't i, I would bet my last dollar that she was already having a bad day and even though those things may be true about him mm -hmm. The fact that she fired him off like that, she was pissed off at something else. And yeah. at this point, it just meant, I'll call all of y'all mom if I want to. So I think too, something else parents, we have to understand, I don't get a do-over because mine is already 21. Is it? And I was a principal. School, you, we cannot assume that our teachers are, are, are mentally healthy. We cannot, we absolutely yeah. cannot yeah. assume that our teachers got all their stuff together. Most of them are young people too. They're hiring so many young people right out of the field. And then the older ones that are in there, they got these old school beliefs where they feel like kids should just be getting their ass beat every time they misbehave. And that ain't the exactly. way they work. Like we have to understand that your baby's age, his, his, his brain is going through a whole bunch of changes. And if people are not trying to understand what is my teenage yeah. brain happening and doing right now, I mean, not everybody picks up books like this to understand what should I do if a 14 year old does X, Y, Z, There's plenty of literature on it, but we too damn busy. It's called the teenage brain. And it, I mean, every person that has a middle schooler or before they even become a middle schooler should get this because it talks about especially the years of 12 to 14. Yeah, remember they said middle schoolers, uh -uh, they just a hot mess. Uh, it explains what's going on. Their bodies are, their bodies are changing. 
Their bodies are literally changing in the moment right before us. And we looking at them like, what are you, have you lost your mind? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. According yes. to this book, they have their mind is, yes. their mind is trying to figure out who am I and how many teachers understand brain science. There are probably not many of them, right? Not many of them, and they're not studying it. And they're not studying because I got my own lesson plans to do. But because, um, again, you know, it's just certain people. It's, it's anyhow. That's that's a whole nother issue. That's a system 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 issue where it is. You know, people not learning the right ways. But all that to say, you know, I I think for parents to always be mindful of like, what am I feeling right now? Because your anger will be taken out on the child or whoever comes into contact you contact with you while you're under stress. <laughs> they gonna feel it. <laughs> you know, when we say, you getting on my last nurse, that, that's when you know you need to pull away. You know, let me yeah. just go take a walk at the park. Yeah. Do it for your body. If you don't do it for nobody else, do it for your body. Yeah. It's, your it's, body. And then also what I was explaining to someone, one of my friends, I was talking to him earlier. I was telling him that my daughter at this age, because my daughter is four guys, I have a four-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old son. So who a big 10-year difference. What I realized right now, they're both in a needy stage. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm dealing with a, a preschooler that needs me, but I'm also dealing with a 14-year-old that needs me. So at the same time they need me, and it's just like, I even see it when I take them out to dinner or when we at home and I'm helping one and then the other mom. And, and it's like, even with you would think, cause I have a 14 year old, it's like, okay, cool. I, something I said to my daughter, just, we was watching TV Sunday and I said, you are just so beautiful. And I love you so much. Just out of the blue. And she said, I love you too, mom. He come around the corner. You don't say that to me. What about me? Right, right. So I was like, oh, oh, my teenager wants some love. So I go, and then he's just start blushing and backing up or whatever. But it's so funny because I've been noticing that they both like leash to me right now. So my daughter, she's at the age where she's learning a lot about expression. She's learning a lot about feelings and emotions. So she's, she's really paying attention. Like she mad. Mm. She said, mm. or she happy? Okay. And what she does is how she communicates. She said, I'm sad, mom. That's her communication right now. I'm so happy. I went to a dollar store yesterday, got her some toys. She talked about how she was so happy about these toys for a whole day, just yesterday. And she said something about how she happy about these toys. It was a little Barbie doll toys, but that's her emotions right now. That's how she's learning how to think, deal with emotions at the age of four. And that's, that's how exactly they what should be happening. If you do decide yeah. to pick up this book, it'll tell you a little bit about this, the two stages that you're dealing with right now is because with her being four, the first 2000 days of her life, which is when she turns five, that's what she's soaking in. So she's going to be yep. many you. She's going to yep. be a, she's going yep. to be a mini me of everybody that has programmed or downloaded an app into her. Okay, yep. what your son is doing right now in his teenage brain is he picked up all of that, you know, in his first five years, whatever was exposed to him then, and all these years. But what happens with the teenage brain around this this time of year or this time in their life is they do what is called pruning. And pruning to, to, to put it in a cell phone context, you ever have apps that you just don't ever use anymore? You find it like, I don't need this app no more. And I go in and I uninstall it. Mm-hmm. That's what happens with the teenage brain. They start to prune out all the stuff that they didn't or uninstall all the stuff that they feel like is not a part of who they're going to be. But right now in your son's teenage life, he is establishing who he is going to be as a person. Thanks for all that you gave me those last 13 years, right? 
Okay. But it's now is it's my time to establish my own identity. And most likely yes. my identity is going to be established by my peers. Unless, unless I've had really solid, really, really solid relationships with other adults who I would rather impress them than my peers. And that's where you see kids making these mistakes, right? If my peers are more of an influence to me to jump off that bridge than my parents are, then most likely I'm going to do something to impress my peers. But if I know I've got these positive adults in my life that really care about me, that if I jumped off this bridge, how would my mama feel about this? Most likely I'm not going to do it, right? I'm going to tell my friends, no, y'all go ahead. But when, when, that, when that foundation or that template is rocky, most likely it's like, oh, my parents don't care. I'm going to jump off this bridge anyway. And, I, and I, of course, I'm using bridge facetiously, but it could be I'm going to send this sex, I'm gonna send this, this sex picture of myself, right? But if I got my mama on my mind or my daddy or my pastor or like one of these positive influences, and if they were to ever find out, what would that, how would that make me feel? If none of those people are in my subconscious when I'm, when I'm forced with a decision to do something that's right or wrong, then most likely I'm going to follow my peers. I'm going to be a follower. We had that conversation Sunday mm. because when I posted, I think I posted about talk to your kids. Now everybody knows me and my son, that's my baby. That's my first. So me and him close, like we, we here, nobody can break that bond. That boy, everything that I'm going through right now, he is literally showing me like, I am her protection. You come and hurt her. He is like her right now about me. It is, it's cute, but it's like, okay, calm down, baby. Yeah. Cause he don't want his mama hurt again. Yeah. So yeah. he's in that stage, but he's in also in the other stage of, he comes and talks like, mom, I got to talk to you. Good. You know? And so good. we talk. So the stuff he comes and tells me, I'll be like, I've been trying to keep a straight face. Like, okay. Mommy got a, uh, you know what I'm saying? Put her hat on, but I noticed when I did talk to him, we had a discussion about a young lady Sunday and I was talking about character and I said, I didn't raise you like that and such and such. And I'm giving him all this advice in the car from church. We on our way home from church. And I turn around and I look at him and I talked about this in the last podcast and I turn around and I look at him and I said, you okay? And he just looked like he was deep thinking. And he was like, I'm fine. I'm just disgusted. And I was like, what's wrong? And he was like, about the situation. And so to know that he was processing that whole 10 minute conversation and he, he was just hurt from the conversation, meaning my mom is right. You know, everything that, even when he came back to me one day and said, everything you said months ago is, is showing itself and you're right. And him to trust me enough to, I told him, I can't make your decision for you. I can't make you choose the friends. I want you to choose. I just know what I placed in you. I know the character that you have. And that's not the character I want you being around. I can't, I can't have that, you know? And I explained to him why. And, you know, it was hard for me, but you got to understand that even with a teenager, you like, you don't know if they're going to be like, you can't tell me who my friends is and true, true. go on the other end and be like, forget you, mom. This is my front. Yeah. <laughs> or the response he had, I'm disgusted. You're right. I just really hurt, you know, and come to me the next day and she's texting me, what do you want me to say? And 
and what do you want me to do? And so he's, I don't never want to lose that relationship I have with him where he's so open right now and honest about everything he's going through. You know what makes that perfect? He's so like vulnerable. Yeah. You know what makes that perfect? How you are um, explaining this is that he has a mom that he can come to that has been working on herself. Imagine having a, only having a parent that you can go to who's constantly on spirits or constantly, you know, gone. That advice probably would not have landed the same, right? And and I know we're running out of time, but yeah, you want that. You 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 want to have a relationship like that with your kid, where you know, two they can see their own personal values mixing with the family's values which would be yours right like eventually he's going to have to identify like what do I value but I also want to make sure that I have somebody that I can come to and 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 here's what my mom's about here here are my mom's values in terms of you know me being underage and having to follow the rules in the house right Mm -hmm. where do things that are important to me fit into that because he's going to eventually figure out like this is who I want to be but at the end of the day, he is so blessed. Both of them are so blessed to have a mom who is working on herself. Imagine how many kids have moms that ain't even picking up a book about their mental health. Yeah. Imagine kids who don't have somebody to get good advice from. I was at a basketball game this week at a high school basketball game. So these kids are anywhere between you know, 14, 17, 18 years old, right? And I watched this parent. Unfortunately, she happens to be one of us. And her son got upset on a play and he shoved the other players so hard into the bleachers because he pretty much got juked on the basketball court right so he was embarrassed right so okay. he that child that shoved the kid was not able to regulate his emotions right so in response to whatever transpired on the court he shoves the kid who was defenseless into the bleachers one of the one of the parents that was on the team that had the ball stood up and was like he needs to be ejected eject him eject him right why he do that because now here come the black mama stand up he don't need to be ejected you get ejected they just kids let them play and I'm like she wanted my people but I can't roll with her on that your son was wrong yeah and then for her son to look up in the bleachers at her to get approval for what he just did and to watch his mom Back and forth. So imagine being a kid whose whose mom just made an excuse for you to do what you just did. How many of those do we have? Because what you just did is you 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 gave your son permission not to regulate his emotions and to take it out in a oh, physical and violent way. If yeah. he goes in the streets and he does that, it's not going to end well if he runs into yeah. the wrong person, right? Yes. Whereas okay. the other kid who got pushed, he got up, dusted himself off, and walked away. Now, they were both about the same height, so it would have been a good fight, honestly, I'm going to guess, right? But one (laughs) one of those kids knew this ain't worth it. I care more about my career in basketball than trying to be fighting. So all that to say is it's beautiful that your kids can tell you how they're feeling, and every Mm -hmm. kid deserves that, right? But again, the level of the way the parent handles their stress or the caregiver handles their stress will become the template for how kids will handle their stress. And we're not going to always get it right. Right. We're not going to always get it right. But there's nothing more valuable than a kid having a mom that or a parent that can admit when they're wrong, that can admit that I'm working on myself and that can be there to provide a template for their kids that will be healthy for them long after the mom or dad or caregiver has passed away. That's what we want. 
So tell us how we can Good be job, in contact with you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so Ace, I mean, you know, homie. So Ace, I'm just trying to figure it out. I realized like, ooh, ooh, ooh. People been over here talking about how to make people behave and it's got something to do with the brain. And you mean to tell me everybody didn't get invited to the conversation? That ain't right. So obviously my goal at Ace's Matter is like whoever trying to work on themselves, like whoever tired, tired of being tired. That's what we're trying to help people fix. Because, you know, we talk yeah. the entire, right? And, and the fact that this information has been out there and it's just a matter of who's going to give it to people. That's what Aces Matter is trying to do. So I'm going to tell people who decide to listen, the best thing you can do for yourself right now is to know your own childhood adversity score. And Aces is just about, like, what, what was your childhood like, you know? So you answer yeah. questions, you go to acesmatter.org, take the quiz. If you don't take it on my website, there's plenty of places to do it. But start there, right? Start there. Yeah. Start there. If you can pick up a book and go buy a book to learn about it, do that next. But maybe you're not a reader. Go join a Facebook group then if you don't like to read. Oh, you don't like to join Facebook groups either? Then go get on some YouTube and watch a couple. <laughs> right? I got a laundry list of things that you can, Yeah, I mean, it's a list Come of things on. you can do. Here's the thing, because our formulas, again, are different. Like all of us are not. I, I have so many books. I can tell you I haven't read all of them. Right. I might pick up a couple pages and that, that book has served its place. So all that to say is we are all programmed differently. So what works for you may not work for somebody else. But we got a list of things that you can do once you find out your ACE score. And I say do this if you really care about kids. Thank you. Thank you. Find out your ACE score, guys, for real. Um, because I, I remember when I did real quick, I did mine. Mine was a seven. Woo! Yeah. So I supposed to be in jail or on drugs somewhere. You right. know, right. Well, we resilient, right? Okay. We resilient. This is a praise report. So find out your ACE score, please. Um, and try to help somebody else to not, like I say on the breakthrough podcast, this is for us to help other people. It's for us to, to get my story out, but to help other people to get their story out. And then we have a breakthrough in the moment. So thank you for joining us on the Breakthrough Podcast. Of course, you know, if you're listening to this, you get the 22% off podcast. 22 is the discount. And please subscribe. Go to Aces Matter. And you can um, join her, her lives and her uh, Aces Matter organization calls everything and of course you can subscribe to my page my youtube page or you can just click the link give me five star rating if you like this show and we'll talk to you soon on the elevate. next episode let's elevate elevate remember elevate. The, the the word of the year is elevation thank elevate. you thank you cindy for joining us today thank you for having me reba all yeah. right Thanks for listening in on today's show. You can find me online at rebabelle.com to order any of my products or my books. Or you can find me at Instagram at breakthroughcoach underscore rebuffarve. Thank you again and see you next week.